Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today, and my name is Emily. And joining us on the show is James from Divine Fitness out of Sanford, North Carolina. Hey, James, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing fine on vacation. Okay, well, thank, thank you for joining us on your vacation. We appreciate that. And you know, we're definitely excited to have you on. So before we dive into the nitty gritty of everything that you have going on and what, what you do at you know, Divine Fitness, first tell us a little bit about how you describe the business to people and what made you want to start a gym in the first place. Well, I describe my business as a place where you can be fully rounded, being that you can, most everybody in there, you want to improve. And we are a factual gym. And what I mean by factual, we don't do a lot of gimmicks. You know, there's the foundations to everything. Without a foundation, you're going left, right, left, right. And we keep it basic, but basic is what you need. You don't need to start out at the top of the totem pole and don't even know the basics. So, um, I tell people you can come in there. It's like a family environment. We're not a huge gym by any means. Um, but it's like a family based gym. And what I mean, family, everybody that comes to my gym. They ask you would think that they were born and raised together because everybody in there has everybody's back. Mm-hmm. Um, we're friendly. Um, we're just friendly. And when we, when we come to our gym, we said we, we specialize in trying to take care of the patron or the client, because, you know, we have some people that come into the gym that they do their own thing. Um, and then they have some that come, you want, want actual personal training, which is normally my expertise. Um, just a little, just a quick view. I've got a um, degree in medical exercise therapy, personal okay. training, anaerobics. Yeah. Oh. Which, which makes it where I, I don't, I'll just be honest, I don't do, do a lot of aerobics um, because I'm, I ain't gonna say an expert, but I'm very good at telling people about it, how to eat properly, which is a big portion. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it sounds like you guys have done a good job of making your members feel like family and also just offering them a variety of services. So yes. how did you yourself get into the fitness industry in the first place? Comic books. Explain more. Back, back, when, back whenever I was around 10, um, I used to just, you know, watch cartoons, read comic books and things like that. And, you know, the superhero thing. I like, what if I can look like that? And I started lifting. And um, my dad bought me my first weight set. I was 11 years old. It was a Bruce Randall Diversified Fitness 115-pound weight set with a bench Mm -hmm. and I wasn't like um, dedicated dedicated at the time but as I got older hit teenage years I started lifting a little bit and by the time I was 18 I was actually crowned Mr. Sanford they had one bodybuilding contest there and I won it and um it just went on off and off, you know, from then, you know, I say a lot of things changed as I got older, family, marriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's how, that's how I got started was the superhero thing. That's interesting. I've never heard somebody say the reason I got started in fitness is because of comic books. So I think that's pretty cool, pretty cool and unique. So yeah. um, tell me, like, what services do you offer at Divine Fitness? I know you said you do personal training. Do you offer like open gym and things like that? Yeah, it's personal training, open gym. All a person does in my facility, they come in, they buy a membership, whatever you know, it be, one month, three months, six months, or a year. We don't do like a nine month, but, you know, not yet. We haven't figured that one out yet. But And those people can have, you know, access to the gym during the t- hours that the gym is open. Okay. Um, if they want personal training, then they have to normally talk to me, which is a little bit um, – different we say how many days did it one week most people most people have the same goal and i try to help them get the goal by telling them okay i see where they at 
you know, because nobody's come in there or in the same state of health. You know, I've yeah, had people yeah. to have high blood pressure, uh, people that have had back problems, knee problems, shoulder problems, the things that come into the gym. So I got the thing that I pay, start where you find yourself. Because um, nobody's the same. And I, I don't take in, I do push people. I push them pretty hard. But I can't look at somebody that walk in off the street and say, okay, well, this person can lift X, this person can. So I have to test them. Yeah. So I kind of, the first day that I train with them, I kind of kind of take them out there good. Yeah. Uh, to help them reach whatever goal. I, not everybody wants to be a bodybuilder. I do not I do not come in and tell them, okay, well, I want you to be a bodybuilder. You know, be down this year. No, what is the goal that you want to get? There are a few people that have come in and I was, you can just look at them and see they have potential past just getting in decent, what we say, shape. And yeah, then we go yeah. from there if they really want to aspire to do that. But most people generally want to feel better and look better. And yeah. sometimes this, it can be challenging because a lot of, no matter how I train them in the gym, it's still kind of up to them when they walk out the door. That's mm-hmm. what they do after they leave me. Yeah. If I train, if I, uh, I, I got this term, if I train you till you about pass out, and then you go reward yourself because you feel you go eat, uh, let's say a half a pizza. You just negated the caloric expenditure that you just had. <laughs> yeah, which uh, will set you back. And I've had people do that. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, yeah, completely understand where you're coming from. Um, but I really think it's cool that you're really focused on meeting people where they're at and just helping them grow from there. Yeah. So, you know, with that being said, how are you getting people to your door? Like, how are you getting people to the door in order to help them? Basically, what happens where I'm at, I found that word of mouth works better. I know a lot of people talk about social media and things of the sort. Well, me personally, I have found that that doesn't work in some demographic areas. Here's the reason, just a little bit. Back eight years, seven years ago, I did a thing uh, pulling the transfer truck. Cause a lot of people, you know, about strength and being in shape. Mm-hmm. Now you would think, okay, using social media, if I weigh X and I pull a transfer truck, and didn't get hurt in good shape. Pulled more than once. I'm talking about a full 64-foot freight liner with extended cab and everything. On a flat surface. It wasn't any, it wasn't any hoodoo gimmicks or anything. So it was actually pulling it. You would think that people were like, we got to find out how is he able to do it? How is he capable of doing it? Well, it was like, oh, he's just alien. He's 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 just different. So the social media thing didn't work. I am in my area, I will say I'm the only, I know I'm the gym owner. It was a 30, 35 mile radius. Mm-hmm. And that fact is in also, you would think the gym would be full, but when like I said, when the, the COVID-19 hit, the whole thing just changed because the gym was full. Right. So I've got to tell um, our listeners a little bit, because obviously your gym is still open, so you you made yes. it in the pandemic. Um, if you could describe what happened when the pandemic hit, what happened to your business, okay. and then like how are you guys doing now that the pandemic is, we're coming out of it, and people are, you know, feeling more comfortable just coming outside. Well, Actually, right before the pandemic hit, we were on an uptick. Planet Fitness was open at the time. They were they were in their pre, kind of a pre-open situation. We have we have seven gyms in town now versus nine years ago it was only three. Okay. Um, we had a lot of people coming in because my gym is kind of hardcore. You know, you got the people in there. I put it like this. Word on a gym in Sanford that has five pound dumbbells all the way up to 160s. And people, I got a few people in there that can handle them and they're about my size. Matter of fact, one of my friends that 
that looks like Michael J. White, he actually comes in and he can he can handle. But what happened um, when the pandemic kicked in, and when we did reopen, mm-hmm. a lot of the people that I guess were located in Sanford, they were gone because they didn't come back, and a lot of them had moved, you know, to the to I guess say to Planet Fitness because of the the way it looked. Um, where I met a lot of the people that were, I'll say more the hardcore, um, basic get down, this is what it takes, really built people, kind of fizzled out because most of them are around my age group. Mm-hmm. The ones now in the younger group, they're kind of like more laid back, can't hardly get them to train because they're too busy working their fingers on the phones and stuff. So those people that I did that were frequency in them, their jobs changed. They moved out of state. They moved back to their home front. Or, uh, you know, just life changed and we haven't fully recovered from that yet. Okay. And then and, and then with the other we we are still open, but we are slowly, a little bit slower, a lot slower than I would like to be, starting to get an uptick. Okay. And that's kind of where we're at right now. We're 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 fighting it. We're fighting a good fight of faith. Yeah. Okay. So fighting a good fight. Um, what are some of the things that? Because I mean, the ultimate goal right right now is for you to get more people in the door, right? Right. Okay. Right. What's been working for you guys, and what isn't working? Basically, what's working is the um, my personal training clients. People see my clients and they ask them where they're training at, and some come, some don't. I don't do a lot of advertising because I've tried it in the past. Um, people know where you. If you say Divine, oh yes, yeah, that's, that's James. That's what that's the that's the uh, WNBF Pro Bodybuilder, which WNBF stands for World Natural Bodybuilding. They know where I'm at. They know how I look. Um, you know, I'm 58 years old, and they know I've got the experience. But it's something about. I I know this sounds partial. I guess there's something about the newer generation. I'll say in the 20s to 35 category, they just don't want it. Well, is it okay if I disagree with you on that? Well, in my area. Let me put it like this, in my okay. area. Okay. Because, because, I, because I, I, there's so many I've talked to, and when you're 58, okay, I'm 58, and these, yeah. these like I use for the guys, example, they come in and they say, well, yeah, you got powerlifting competition. You, you, you're 100 and... 50 some pounds, you're doing rat pool with 900. You can run, you can still run a 4.440. I'm like, well, y'all need to come over here and listen to somebody's being where you're trying to get. Yeah. I've, I've won more stuff than most people have been alive. And I still, nothing really new that has changed. You know, I, I showed a young guy in the gym a couple of weeks ago some stuff that he was doing that he had seen on social media. And I showed him exactly why he's going to have a bad back probably mm-hmm. within a couple of years. Because it looks good, it looks like it's um, it looks like it's gonna work just because you're breaking the sweat. It's not that it's you no know, some things that they that are being done. It's gonna it's gonna okay. You're gonna have a temporary fix. You get maybe five years out your body. You follow. I'm 58, and I look like and this is what everybody talks. If I literally am built better than 99.9 percent of the guys in my city. I mean, I'm, I'm, I just recently come to, I'm like 4.6% 4. body fat, strong as a bull, cannot run probably 90% of the guys play, that play football and stuff like How do you get like that? It's first off, God first. Yeah. And God gave him genetics and then longevity and knowledge. I mean, I always put biblical because I am a minister of the gospel. And the Bible yeah. says we perish for lack of knowledge. Yeah. For people wanted to agree with what things that are in the Bible or not. If you don't have knowledge, but if you can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you don't know how to apply it, that's ignorance. Yeah. So, I mean, I agree with you on that point. Like our generation, you know, sometimes we can be hardheaded and stubborn, but, you know, with all of the knowledge that you have, I can tell that you you, you want to help a lot of people. So yeah. are you looking to help people that are in our age range, like that 20 to 35? Are you looking, yeah. to, tap, you're looking to tap into that demographic? 
Well, yeah, and I've actually tried it. But here's um, what uh, like I said, if I was in Charlotte, Greensboro, Raleigh, Cary, I'm going to just be honest. They will, I'd probably have people backed out the door on hour. Where I'm at, I'm just being honest with you, it is a horror pool. I had a young individual that's 25. He used to come to my gym. He started his own personal training business, kind of, sort of. And he asked me some for some advice on getting himself right for a powder to me. He said, he actually told me, that's too simple. <laughs> because the approach that he was taking, he was doing too much. And was wondering why he would. Now, don't get me wrong, he had won some stuff, but he was, I've seen how he was actually breaking his body down. But I've been there myself. Uh, my trainer was older than me. He was a Marine. Rest is just as important as the repping. Because if you don't rest, your body's not going to recover. And guess what? Eventually, it's going to erode. You keep hitting a sand dune with water, even though the water is soft, it's sooner or later, it's going to crack and crumble. Same thing with the body. And with, and I'm just saying now, I can specifically speak, because I know where you've been in Charlotte. I know how my daughter stays in Charlotte. Okay. Up there, you got people that's, that's hungry for it. They're hungry for it. In your age group, my age group, it's just like, say, when you're in certain demographic regions, the people can be. It's, there's always those few that really want it, but the majority of them in my area, which is Sanford, I'm talking about Sanford area, you know, the gym, they don't gravitate to the real. They want the flamboyant and the, you know, the flusy way to do it. I mean, I I definitely think the people that you're looking for, they're out there. It's just that you may have to be a little bit creative about how you go about, number one, making sure those people know you exist. And number two, like how, when they do come to your door, how you're connecting with them. Because I can definitely say for our generation, and since there is a pretty big large gap, just learning how to connect with people, not saying that you're not good at it, but with when there is like a big gap, right? Mm-hmm. Learning how to connect with them, it brings more people in the door. And ultimately, you know, you'll have a, a thriving, thriving gym. Yeah. So, it's just like what you what you said to me then. I have a pastor we just I'm actually just connected with at his membership. And everyone in there, they know me. They know what I do, they know how I look, and they said. He's like, you know, then everybody got Jim Lloyd where I got. They say he's a god because he's just so far off the charts. I'm like, but <laughs> yeah. Um, so- it is. It's funny. It's funny you said it because I've seen so many come in, but like I say where I'm at, they get along with me. They ask me questions. I have trained a lot of people. And once I instill a bunch of knowledge in them, then they, okay, go blaze your own path. And then they'll be gone for a year. They go to certain different places. I'm, I'm going to leave my name. And then they come back when to heal the wounds. I got to come back and heal the wounds. And I'm not talking about their injuries. Once they find out what the simplicity of what I told them works, then they come back. That's just around here. It'll be yeah. up in other some states. Oh, I'm not shooting states. Other cities like maybe it's like where you're at, like Charlotte Greensboro, those same people would be like, okay, I'd, I'd be packed out. Yeah. It's just like you say, you, and you know this from being demographics. You got a certain, um, um, I'm trying to think of the word I want to use. You have a certain vibe of people in Charlotte, you got a certain vibe in Raleigh. And like I said, most people in the cities there, they do exist in San but they, where I'm at, they are, I got a lot of times. I got a client that's been with me for a year and a half. He drives all the way from, uh, he drives about 45 minutes to come have me train him. And he comes training our facility. He actually hit a point in his life where he started training at a gym near his house. But you know, it was the Golds in Chapel Hill. And they had all the, fancy stuff and they, you go a little hardcore because goals is still kind of hardcore but he said uh-uh so he got back in his car and started coming back down here for 45 minutes from where he's at here so he's on the road an hour and a half uh six days a week to come train at our facility so i say you got that certain group it's about what do they have right here and in their heart yeah. and it's slowly, slowly coming slowly coming back 
once they've seen that um, things aren't quite like they are at some of the other facilities. Yeah, I mean, if you've got people driving, you know, an hour, 45 minutes to get to you, I would say that's a good sign. Yeah. That there's definitely more people out there, you know, that are looking to, for what you have to offer. You right. Know? So with that being said, it's about time for us to wrap up here. But okay. like, what what is something, what are your long-term goals? Like, where from where you're at now, membership-based, where do you want to be six months from now? So if you could wave like a magic wand, Ideally, what would your business look like? 100 plus members and having to fight to get my own break because I got so many clients wanting my knowledge and services. Okay. So, I mean, plus members and a fight, you mean just to a break to take care of yourself? Well, basically, okay, since I do the personal training, you know, I have so many clients that, okay, I got to really, because I, I have to schedule them now because I got so many things to do. But where, you know, the gym, we had 100, 100 members plus throughout the day, you know, from the time I opened to the time I closed. And then and then my personal training clients, they're like, you know, six to eight of them a day or mm-hmm. uh, more because I'm actually open from eight to nine. Okay. You know, that, that would allow me for, okay, one hour I got a break and then back to training. That would be a very good even help gotcha. because it because the patrons would be able to take care of all the overhead and then yeah. you know the personal training clients would be kind of like extra yeah okay because everybody wants to make money facts <laughs> <laughs> big fact all right james well you know it's a pretty good place to wrap up on this episode but before we sign out where can we find you i'm at 114 west main street central north carolina 27332 have to have everybody come in even if you want to come in for a day i do have daily rates which are five dollars i have a monthly rate which right now is 25 dollars. three months is 60 half a year is 100 and a whole year is not but 200 personal training is separate from that and we're just we're happy to have anybody because every client is important if you don't take care of the customer somebody else will period all right Thank you so much, James. You know, we appreciate your time and your contribution to the podcast. Definitely looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to accomplish down the road. So to everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description. And our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Morris. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is Paul with CrossFit Choice in Portsmouth in the UK. Hey, Paul, how are you doing today? I'm really good, thank you. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah, of course. I'm excited to have you on. Um, But before we dive into the nitty-gritty of what you have going on and how you run CrossFit Choice, Please tell us a little bit about what made you want to start the gym in the first place. Yes, yeah, so uh, myself and the other co-owner, Carl, um, both been in the military for around about 16, 17 years. Um, we're PTs by trade and service, uh, and we're kind of just kind of setting ourselves up ready for transition back into civilian life uh, when we leave service in around about four years. Um, so this has given us, coming through the pandemic, gave us some time to really uh, think and plan and we started training people online um, and then it was kind of a natural transition and progression to, to open a facility when uh, we were coming out of the back end of lockdowns. Yeah definitely I want to get into how that was for you starting a facility around 2020 so we'll get into that too but first um, 
Give the listeners kind of your elevator pitch of CrossFit Choice. How do you describe the gym and your services to someone who's never been in before? Yes, so CrossFit Choice, as you know, is CrossFit as a whole is constantly very functional movement for a relative high intensity. But for us within our facility and how we like to deliver it, um, we are very much a small group-led PT. We, we generally don't take more than eight in a class where we can help it. Um, we focus heavily on individualization um, for every single member. Uh, the stimulus of the day will remain the same, but the movements that you might see within the class are, are distinctly unique to each individual. So we could have somebody who's on a um, heavy front rack uh, front squat, somebody could be on a goblet squat, and we might have somebody else completely who's just right new into training who's on an air squat for the day. So, so our coaches know every individual member. Um, by name, we know exactly all their uh, abilities and limitations and everything's tailored to each individual. So they're going to get a very uh, personal and bespoke approach to their training, but with that group community environment. Yeah, I love that you have modifications for like every every different level. So that's awesome that you're inclusive in that way. Um, so that leads me to my next question is how many members are you serving right now? So in the facility itself, we're around about only about 35 members in our main sort of class program. Um, and on our online kind of section, we have about 20 clients on there also. Okay, perfect. And then tell me about that. Are you looking to grow on both sides of the business? Um, are you looking to get more members in? Tell me about that. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, we're always uh, comfortable to have new members in the facility. We're only just limited really by, by size and capacity within that. So um, probably have space now to accommodate around another 10 members within our main class program. Um, we focus heavily on allowing our members to be able to, come to the gym we, we we try and get every member to be here like at least four days a week um, and that's what we want them to see real traction and, and growth within their um, training so in order to do that you know there's only so many people that we can we can fit into the facility to do so we also run like say the online um, bespoke programming where we've got probably a couple of slots each on there currently that we can uh, we can fill also okay awesome tell me about how you got in the current 35 members that you have now and then how you plan to acquire more in the future yeah, so when we started online during the first lockdown, um, you know, online PT has grown exponentially in the last probably two years and everybody's have to pivot and adapt as gym owners. Uh, I would say within that realm, certainly within our area, we're pretty early adopters, you know, in terms of uh, filming content for our, our um, for like our exercise libraries was all bespoken and, and ourselves uh, delivering it under our brand, which at the time was Fortitude South Coast. Um, and I think that that resonated quite well with uh, members locally and, and people within other gyms and facilities who maybe their um, gyms hadn't pivoted as quickly um, and were, were, not, were unable to provide some services to them, which allowed us, you know, some of them then started coming to us and asking for some online programming and some unique things that we could provide. So um, that's kind of how we got the ball rolling. We were offering free daily workouts across our social media platforms with minimal kits um, body weight options, noting that obviously most people were stuck at home with, you know, very little, no equipment. So we tried to give that sort of resources available to people in education. Um, and that kind of just naturally flowed then to, to bring in members inquiring about, uh, do you provide me, you know, bespoke programming? And before you know, we were fast forwarded uh, on a bit of a snowball journey. Absolutely. So you started out 100% online and then you got your in-person clients through that online presence. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So as we as we um, transition through there, you know, we're kind of finding ourselves up to around about sort of 20, 25 clients online. Um, and we thought, you know what, well, we've actually got, you know, a decent little following here. Maybe we should uh, we should proceed a little bit earlier than we'd originally planned about opening a facility. Uh, and then, you know, there was a there's a council, um, a local sort of council initiative in our area where there are some units which are uh, not huge, you know, and um, below uh, business rates, which is like a tax that we have to pay here in England. So um, it meant that we could start fairly small with low overheads. We weren't tied in um, on any sort of three or five year lease deals. We kind of have like a roll in one month um, contract, which means that, you know, at any point we could walk away uh, with, with one month's notice. And, you know, so significant, there was very minimal risk in compared to us, you know, growing really quickly and having a huge unit and big overhead. So it allowed us to, to grow quite naturally. So, so, uh, and that's what brought us into this facility. 
Yeah, definitely. It sounds like the pandemic kind of worked out in your favor for the business because you got to come in when online training was really necessary and then transfer it over to in-person. So that's really cool that you made that work for you guys. For, for you guys. Um, so tell me more about your social media presence and how that's helped you. Yeah, so so that's pretty much how we um, how we delivered our message from the beginning. You know, it's, it's funny, Carl and I were just chatting the other day when we look back at, you know, the, the standard of our social media just two years ago and kind of where it is now, it's chalk and cheese. They're, they're so, so different. And um, we just kind of got, you know, evolved and got better, like, like hopefully every organization does. Um, but, but we use that to put our message out there with our workouts originally to get people in. Um, and it's a good way now for us to just kind of showcase what it is we do in the facility. Quite hard for us, I think, because we don't pay, um, we don't pay for any sort of social media marketing ads or campaigns or anything like that. Like our growth currently has purely been through um, word of mouth, which is, you know, for us is a good thing. We wanted to grow organically and, and we didn't want to rush and flood um, the doors. You know, our aim was to um, under promise and over deliver rather than the other way around. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so you mentioned you don't pay for any sort of social media marketing. Have you done any sort of paid advertising at all or has it all been organic? Honestly, we, we haven't. So um, it's not that we're against it, which is it's with both of us being full time, you know, and serving in the military and both having families. There's only kind of so many hours in the day for us kind of outsourcing all that, that, um, that sort of work is, you know, something that we we, don't, we definitely have spoke about um, looking to do in the future. But 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 at present, it's not been our um, our big push, and we've yeah. just allowed it to to flow naturally. And and we've never been in a period where um, we're in the red. And and it was quite nice because it was uh, always uh, designed this whilst we we're still in service. It's not our primary income, so we've been able to allow to grow naturally and without having to heavily rely on um, this as for significant income from the outset. Yeah, tell me about your goals. You mentioned to me that. In about four years, you'll be out of the military and full-time in the business. What are your goals for then? Do you want like a bigger facility? Do you want to add different services? Tell me what you see like big picture of the gym looking like then. Yeah, so ideally, as we transition, we'd like to be moving to a much bigger facility within the area. There's currently only sort of two CrossFit facilities within um, uh, our city. Uh, you know, and, and the population's around about 300,000. So it's, we're, a, we're a pretty densely populated city in the UK. Um, so ideally we'd like to be the leading, um, facility in the area in terms of size and space. So we'd, we'd like to move to around about, uh, 300 to 400, uh, square meter. So sort of four to 5,000 square foot facility is, is our aim. Um, and to grow our membership, uh, range is, is pretty much what we'd like to offer. Uh, but in order for us to grow and to move, because we're currently in the military, we've got to make the most of the, the, the time and the resource and the, the and the facilities that we've got available, um, which right now we just don't have the capacity to do because of our, our primary sort of work. Um, so like to be able to make the use of running classes during the day and the kids and the teens classes and, and all the rest of that good stuff that comes with it. Um, such those other populations that's, we've just got to kind of grow organically and allow that to, to happen in a few years time. Yeah, definitely. How did you advertise and break into that kind of kids area of classes? Yeah, so we've uh, we're literally just kind of in that transitional stage at the moment. So we actually start our first uh, kids teens class starts tomorrow, and uh, kids teens classes start on Thursday. So both um, have got uh, young families, so we've got you know friends, networks, schools, and things like that to be able to pass that message around. And you know the members uh, within the gym, we've had their you know their kids. We're we're fairly community based. The kids are always in here. There's a little martial arts center next door. And so sometimes the parents are in here for a class. The kids are next door in the martial arts. They come straight across towards the halfway through the session. They're up the stairs and, and chatting and hanging around upstairs. And they've been asking us for months to, to run something for the kids. So, um, you know, it's a better way for us to serve our community. And it's, and it's pretty awesome for us. to. I think the thing is, everybody who gets into CrossFit is one of those things they said, I wish I'd done this 10 years younger. Um, started this kind of 10 years ago. So it's really a cool opportunity for us to... Um, get involved with the with the next generation really yeah absolutely I think that's so important like showing that exercise and being healthy is fun and it's not just like a choice I feel like as adults it becomes kind of like oh I have to go to the gym but you know if we start young as kids and we love it then it'll just be a habit for life so you're adding that getting the kids involved that's awesome yeah. Um, so my next question is you mentioned you know you're in the military you're online coaching you're in the gym 
how do you manage your time? <laughs> With a lot of juggling is the honest answer. So um, it's not just one diary, you know, we've got uh, both, uh, both Carl and I, our, our partners, uh, both serving in the military as well. So it, it is awesome, honestly, a bit of a juggling act um, when we sit down and we're, and we're planning diaries and, and, uh, and who's delivering what sessions and et cetera. But, but it's like anything, we, you know, we've been, we've been doing this for such a long time that it's, uh, it's kind of second nature. Organization is, is part of what we have to do. And being in the military, that kind of helps. Um, you know, so that's, that's kind of helped us organize our and manage our, our businesses. I'm not saying we've got it perfect. Uh, you know, there's always room for improvement in anything we do. Um, and if you ask, if you ask my wife, she'll probably tell you I definitely not got it perfect in terms of getting that management right. But, but I think, uh, as a whole in, in business, we're, we're pretty, we're pretty slick on that thing. And yeah. How much do you train per week versus, you know, your other trainer and your owner? How often are you like actually teaching classes? <laughs> So we're probably in the classes, uh, we kind of work on a rotation. It used to be Carl just, when it was just Carl and I, we would uh, kind of like an on week and an off week. So one day you'd be in sort of four days a week and one day you'd be in sort of three days a week and we kind of just juggle it around with alternating, with alternating days. So you'd have a working weekend and a weekend when you're off. Uh, now it's kind of around about two, three days a week um, that we find ourselves in with a, with a drop in maybe one or, or two sessions a week where our um, assistant coach will come in and, and deliver some sessions for us. But, but we've got a regular football in the, in the gym. You know, we're always, we're always here. Like I said, we know every single member. And if we're not in the gym, we're, we're having meetings about members within the gym um, to, you know, make sure everybody's read in on the, uh, the current situation and, and how anyone's moving or if anyone's picking up an injury or a niggle or, or they need to be pushed a little bit more to move up weight and dumbbells, et cetera. So it's, you know, we're pretty, um, pretty swept up on that together. Well, yeah, I love that, that you're in the gym all the time and you know people by name and by face. That's awesome. Um, thinking about moving forward when you really want to grow and expand, how do you see yourself as a business owner? Will you still be doing classes? Are you looking to scale back on that and focus more on the business side? What are your personal goals there? So I think um, in the long term, we'd love to build the, the gym to be in a position where we've got a number of junior coaches that work under us. And I think like, although we move to... Uh, it's a bit like in the military, we're, you know, we're both PTs in the military and as you kind of go up the rank structure within the military, you, the tendency is to come further and further away from what you join to do in the sense that, you know, you're not on the gym floor delivering as much, you end up being stuck behind a computer doing, doing some of the boring stuff, but it's, uh, it's kind of that process of falling, you've got to fall in love with the boring things in order to make it, you know, really good on the outside. So, so for us, whilst we'd like to still grow our um, team of coaches in our network, I think, um, We'll always coach. Coaching is what, what we love to do. Um, so I'll always see myself being um, uh, part of that as the gym moves forward. It may be that my, my hours in the gym actually coaching are reduced slightly to allow me to, to look, focus more on expansion and growth. But um, I think, you know, those things kind of go hand in hand because we'll have far more hours within the gym. You know, I, I try to think how much, how much content we would be able to produce if, if, uh, Carl and I were in the gym eight hours a day. Yeah, exactly. I hear that from a lot of gym owners. Like they'd love to be doing, you know, learning social media marketing or focusing more on like the business side. But when you, when you're starting a gym from the bottom, you know, sometimes you have to wear all the hats of trainer, doing the books, cleaning, being there all hours of the day, training trainers. So yeah, I definitely hear that from a lot of people. Balance can sometimes be the hardest part. Yeah, no one tells you how much fun it's going to be cleaning the gym and wiping the walk off on the floor at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. You know, whenever I was managing a studio, I was like, wait, I have a background in physiology, not how to keep a gym clean and how to get new members in and lead retention. And yeah, it's kind of a shock when you open your own, but. Absolutely. Yeah. Tell me what, what's like the biggest bottleneck right now, keeping you from getting, you know, that extra 10 members in the door? Um, do you know what it's ironic? We were just saying how earlier that, uh, you know, we haven't pushed heavily on terms of marketing and social media, and that's probably all it is. We're, we're really confident in the product that we deliver. Um, and it's just, it's getting the people, once we get people in the door, we generally don't lose them. We don't, if anyone is, is really bought in, as soon as they're in, that's it, they're, they're not going anywhere. And, and they realize very quickly the standard of the coaching. What we've, what we fell short on in the past is, um, we know how good the scaling and the coaching is for members um but being able to showcase that and because i think as coaches we don't um 
we don't really like the thought of being on my phone and filming the class constantly and as I'm I'm, I'm there to coach. So uh, we, we kind of think that, you know, I shouldn't be stood around drinking a coffee during the class or on my phone during the class. I'm there to coach and, and I should be giving you my full attention. So I think maybe um, because we are relatively small, not being able to have maybe somebody in who is uh, sole focus is on marketing and growth. And, you know, if we had somebody who was media savvy, who could, who could just float around in the background, you know, that would be awesome. But uh, it's just kind of get into that thing. So that's something we were certainly looking to investigate in the future and just trying to make a bit more of a clearer messaging with our social media uh, to, to showcase that and to showcase the level of scaling that we do actually offer. Because it can be quite daunting. We look from the surface that our members are, you know, relatively fit and healthy bunch. Uh, and they are, but that's because some of them have been here for a significant period of time. You know, people people only ever see the tip of the iceberg. So they never see, you know, the hard work that, that went in before that um, for those members to be to be where they are. So it's just for us dispelling those myths and breaking down those barriers, I think. Yeah, definitely. It's all about like getting the word out of your brand. So that way, you know, when people think CrossFit in Portsmouth, they think of CrossFit choice and they want to come in. So yeah, definitely building that brand. And then that way you'll be ready to scale, you know, as soon as you're ready to go full time, people already know the gym already know you. And yeah, that's, that's great. And just building that social media presence. Um, my next question, what would you tell yourself if you could go back before you started the gym, what would be your biggest piece of advice, um, that someone looking to open a gym could take away from this episode? Biggest piece of advice. If I was going back to open the gym, <laughs> do your research i think um you know i think we all we all kind of go into this world you know bright-eyed bushy-tailed and you know everything's gonna be awesome i'm gonna be calm i'm gonna turn up i'm gonna coach and you know we, we just kind of spoke about some of those uh the unsexy side of coaching and the tasks like you know having to clean that gym having to worry about the the social media presence and the marketing having to worry about um online calendars and booking systems and door entry systems and even thinking about the facility you know uh are the walls supportive enough to make sure for me to be able to hang rigs brackets where to think about the design of the layout and all that kind of thing so um there's a load of refinement that we've kind of learned along the way um and we, we always kind of have that the thing well imagine like if i went back 10 years ago in 10 years time you know be able to write a book on these sort of things and mistakes you make along the way but that's good you know they're they're all those lessons are, are, are growth and for, for next time round as we move to a bigger, bigger facility. Um, but I suppose to, I haven't really answer your question there. So it's, well, I would just do your homework. I think that's the main thing. Do your homework and, and be, be realistic that uh, it's not all sunshine and rainbows, but that's life, you know? So you've, if you, you've got to take the rough with the smooth and, and when, uh, when we're in front of the class and you and you're delivering a session and, and it's and it's and it's flowing and it's all going really well and everybody's buzzing the atmosphere is just there you just know when the class is good and i think those moments for me far outweigh um having to put in the hard yards and you know having to wake up at 5 a.m on the weekend and, and sitting on my laptop programming that that's not a chore i think if you can blur, blur the line between work and play you, you're on to a winner and it's just kind of not forgetting what what the end goal is and and why you got into coaching and if for me you know that was to make uh to make a difference to, to the individuals that i work with um and it's the clients at the, at the forefront so you know i'm there to serve them that's the way i see it you know my aim is to get them better uh to give them the best hour of their day uh, and and whatever you know problems if you had that day trying to figure out for the business when when uh when the, the clock starts and you're standing at the whiteboard you know it's it's all about them and yeah, just make yeah. it for I love that. Keep your why in mind and just accept that it's not going to be easy and smooth. So just be prepared for those challenges that you're going to meet along the way because yep, there'll be a lot of challenges, that's for sure, <laughs> owning any business. Um, okay, Paul, I think this is a pretty good place to start to wrap things up, but tell everybody what your social media is. What's your website? Where can we find you? Yes, so currently transitioning at the moment. So our website at present is still um, www.fortitudesouthcoast.co.uk. Um, on Instagram, you can find us at CrossFit Choice. Um, that's probably the best way to reach out to us. We're on Facebook as well, but, but generally Instagram is the one that we would we would uh, engage with most. And that's where you'll, you'll find us. Keep up to date with our content information and, and all the services that we offer. Sweet. Awesome. Thank you so much. 
really appreciate your time and your contribution to the podcast today. And I look forward to seeing what you accomplished on the road. To everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, we have Miss Sigourney Gates of Breeden Priory Health Club coming to you from Derbyshire over in the UK. Sigourney, how are you today? What is going on? Good, thank you. Good, good. Yeah, I. Uh, it's been a busy Monday. <laughs> a busy Monday and not an unusual thing in the fitness industry, but we appreciate you for making time to join us here on the podcast. Sigourney, I, I'm excited to dive into this. I enjoy the comparison, contrast, between US-based facilities like this and UK-based facilities like this. I think there's a lot to learn both directions in terms of how businesses are run. For context here and, and for people who aren't familiar with the club, why don't you tell us how you describe Breed and Priory Health Club? When people ask you about what this is, what do you tell them? Okay, so we are a members-only health club. So um, what I mean by that is um, only those that are um, actively paying a membership fee can access um, our services and all of our facilities. Um, we're a little bit different, I suppose, to um, commercial gyms in the UK because we're kind of right out um, in, in the rural sticks, really. Um, so the health club is... Um, situated in 20 acres um of kind of fields we've got like a little lake um so it's yeah it just offers that kind of different edge um and then yeah we cater we've got two gym floors and then we've got the swimming pool with a sauna steam room and jacuzzi and um for the size of our club we run quite a large um, class timetable and that's really really popular um where we are at the moment yeah which is is not unlike we have examples of this in the in the states but it matters in terms of how we discuss the business because of the membership nature to this right we're not yeah. we're not looking for 10,000 members or or whatever comparison makes sense there in the UK it's a little bit more strategic it's a little bit more intimate and the quality becomes more of a focus than pure numbers sake is that right in my understanding yeah definitely definitely yeah so the yeah the aim is to have you know a a smaller client base that are loyal to the club yeah we don't want to flood with thousands of uh, of members sure sure now for the sake of people listening here i think this is an important point this club existed prior to you taking over as owner why don't you tell us a little bit about how that transition happened because there are plenty of ways to have a successful ownership transition. And there are plenty of ways to have a really unsuccessful ownership transition. Why don't you tell us a few of the lessons or a few of the, the challenges that you learned through that time? Yeah, okay. So I um, I actually worked uh, within this building um, before we um, took over. So um, I worked here for about two years. I did um, my fitness instructor qualification and then on to personal training. Um, and I, 
I think from working here, knowing the members, that was a really, really big, um, big positive. Uh-huh. Knowing those members, being able to speak to them, knowing them on you know, those first name terms and um, knowing how the club ran as well. That was that was really important. It kind of made that transition a lot smoother than I think it would have been. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it was a bit of a kind of find your feet quite quickly. All of a sudden, you're kind of leading oh, yeah. the way. Um, but we did a full refurb. Um, we, I think we shut down for six weeks, something like that. And we kind of refurbed the whole building. Um, and I think when we took over, there was around 250, maybe 275 members. Um, and I would say, I don't know the exact figure, actually, it would be interesting to know, but I would say a high percentage of those um, 10 years down the line are still actually members, which is, um, which is great, actually. It's really yeah, nice. You know, to have those, uh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest, the biggest challenge, I think, is um, going from um, just running a, a personal training business, you know, looking after your clients and managing your diary like that, teaching some classes to all of a sudden having to kind of operate a health club and think, wow, I really have to think about everything. <laughs> you wear many more hats. In the that's it. Group. That's right. Uh, and, <laughs> and so throughout your time, I'm interested from a high level, at least you're approaching 10 years of, of doing this now. What's been your favorite part about running a business like this and what's been the toughest part about running a business like this? I think the my favorite part probably has to be at the end of the year when I look back and I think what have we achieved this you know sometimes and you know you might be having a rough week you know you've 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 had different things happen that you've had to um you've had to solve but at the end of the year I really like looking back at the you know, the previous 12 months and think, actually, do you know what? We've actually really achieved something here. Um, you know, we've got a lot of members that are happy. Um, and yeah, just the new things that we've we've rolled out. And I think that sometimes in the day-to-day kind of um, running of the club, you can get a little bit bogged down sometimes. But when you look back and think, wow, you know, yeah, we, we, we've actually achieved something. Um, and I think I'd probably say the hardest part or my least favourite um, is probably the book stops here. So yeah. any mistakes we've made, I mean, I am a really strong believer of um, you learn from the mistakes that you make. And, you know, I, I think sometimes you need to make mistakes in order to realise, um, you know, the right path you need to take. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably my least favourite part is when you make a mistake and you realise that actually I could have prevented that happening, um, but then you make sure it doesn't happen again. So, Yeah. And plenty of mistakes there are within the fin- the fitness industry, and you're not alone in that boat. Everybody yes. that listens to this podcast knows exactly the types of things that you're referring to. But uh, I want to pick your brain here because clearly membership growth was a big component of this in your time. What worked for you either recently or even when you took over from a marketing standpoint to get some of those members in to climb the membership count? Okay, so we over the years, we've done very, very little kind of targeted marketing. Um, every now and then I think, oh, should we do a little bit, you know, kind of post-pandemic when we thought, right, we do need to kind of increase our um, our membership because we did lose about 30%. Um, of our members at the end of that so we were like you know right the idea was we open we see how we get on and then we may need to move into kind of like a targeted campaign um but the biggest thing for us as a club um for gaining new members has been word of mouth and I know that's so hard to kind of um to kind of get that ball rolling but a lot of our members I, I think we try and do the best job that we can. And then quite often a member will say to their friend or their family, oh, you know, have you been down to Breed and Prior Health Club? And, you know, oh, they've got so-and-so there. They can help with this or that. Um, and then re- rewarding our current members for that. So if they refer somebody on, um, in fact, we're just about to bring out a new um, referral scheme um, where they, uh, they'll receive like a... Um, a discount on their monthly membership um, and some personal training sessions and that sort of thing. And I think that's really helped generate that loyalty and has just naturally brought on those referrals really well. Yeah, I think that's that's important to highlight here because a lot of the time when I have this conversation and gym owners, either in the States or the UK or wherever, say that 
most of our leads come from referrals, typically they're not doing a whole lot to encourage that. It just happens if it happens, great. You guys take that a step further and put incentives into place for the members to actually bring in their friends. And it makes sense because if we have a great member, they probably know other people who would also yeah. be great members. We want Definitely. to encourage this. These are the best types of leads that we can get. You mentioned one thing along the way there, Sigourney, and I, I think it's important for us to just talk about, have we attempted different advertising, whatever strategies along the way? What, what did that look like? Was this mailing? Was this online? Was this in print? Tell us about that. Okay, so when we first took over, so um, coming up to 10 years ago, um, back then, social media, it just, it wasn't really a thing like it is now. Um, of course, like the different platforms were there um, and we did we did kind of put posts out on, on you know, on, on Facebook, on Instagram, Twitter, um, but it wasn't the, as, uh, yeah, the useful tool that it is now uh, in comparison. I mean, certainly when I was personal training, it was, it just was not a thing. Um, so what we did was, so an element of that, but also, um, around in our local area, there's quite a few, um, different like magazine subscriptions and, you know, that you have like your village, um, newspaper that comes out every month. And it's one of those ones that people read, like they just seem to read them really well around here. I don't know why. Um, yeah. so advertising it, um, in that, in that kind of form of way, um, Another kind of um, campaign that we've done probably in the last maybe two years, probably coming out of um, the pandemic up to now, um, we've done a lot with corporate memberships. So we've contacted local businesses um, and, you know, I think post pandemic, a lot of kind of business owners have realized the importance of um, their work, you know, the workplace being healthy, um, being active. So we've really kind of tried to tap into that and, and, and that certainly helped. And we've seen a really big increase in, in corporate memberships. You mentioned something along the way there that, that sort of went unacknowledged, but I want to bring it back up. And it's the fact that with any kind of campaign like this, if we're using dollars to accelerate it, we want to make sure that this is going to a place where people are actually going to see it, right? You mentioned Definitely. that we're putting into print and depending on your market, a lot of the time print isn't necessarily the best strategy, but for you, this, this is a meaningful way to go about it. 10 years ago, social media wasn't as big of a piece, but has it become more so as you guys have evolved as a business? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Um, we do a lot more. We're a lot more active on there now. Um, we don't necessarily use it as a drive to gain more members. We just we do a lot of posts, like informative posts, where it might catch somebody's eye into, you know, it might be around a certain injury or a certain training type, nutrition, that kind of thing. Um, so it, it, I suppose we are using it to gain more members, but oh, yeah. not in a direct way. If that makes sense. Well, no, I, I think exactly what you said whether or not it directly contributes, it contributes, right? Yeah. People, if they're interested in joining Breed and Priory, I guarantee you are going on that social media. I guarantee you they're going on Google. They're going on the website and doing all of the research before they ever step foot through your doors. Yeah. True. Guaranteed that yes. they're going to these things. And so it's imperative for gym owners to be active on this. Take us to the next step here, Sigourney, because just leads doesn't really do much for us. We need to turn those leads into paying customers at some point. When someone reaches out, interested in using the facilities in, in whatever capacity, what is that sales process typically like for them to eventually become a member? So kind of the first step is obviously to make contact with that person. Um, I think, ooh, I, would, I would say probably we get 90% of our uh, direct leads emailed in through the website and um, we tend to link a lot of our social media bits or anything that we can back to the website so we kind of channel it all in um that way um and first thing making contact um we really really encourage to come down for a club tour um the, the number of members now or potential members that I think would join without actually coming to look is increasing and um that's surprising really I've never really um you know never it's not really been a thing um 
But yeah, we get them to come down for a tour and we do spend quite a bit of time. So with the tour, obviously we'll show them the facilities, um, but then we spend time chatting to them and finding out you know, about them. You know, what is it that you're looking to do? Are you going to want to use the gym floor? Will it just be the swimming pool? And, you know, have they got any underlying health conditions? And it's kind of understanding a bit more about them, spending that time with them. Um, and we have a really high um, conversion rate from the tour. And I think... I think the reason for that is the amount of time we put to, to just just spending with them and listening to them and answering yeah. those questions. Um, so yeah, we, I, I think yeah, time yeah, giving up time is is a really big really big thing. Who handles this in the business, Sigourney? Is this do we have like dedicated membership sales or whatever the title happens to be? Does that go to you? Is this done by kind of committee of everybody? How does that look? So majority of the time, what we try to do is either myself or one of our personal trainers would do them. Um, yeah, we, we do have some receptionists that work for us. And if we haven't got availability with anybody else, they will do them. Um, but we quite like it, it being with a personal trainer because they can answer those questions there and then, you know, especially if it's ah, a fitness yes. or a health, you know, a health related question. Um, they might say they've had a certain injury and then they can take them to a piece of equipment to say, actually, do you know what? You've had that lower body injury, but have you tried our skier? You know, and that that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, majority um, with, the, with, uh, with the personal trainers. Yeah. Now, that tees me up perfectly for where I was going because you guys have a multitude of services. This is not just basic membership. There are all kinds of different things depending on what the prospect is actually looking for. Is it at that point that we try to recommend, hey, this is probably going to be best for you or you should go this route? Is it at that membership sign up or is that conversation at a later date? So I'd say a bit of both. So from um, when somebody comes in, you, you kind of get a bit of basic information filled in about them before they arrive, but you don't you don't know, kind of know exactly what you know what that person is going to be looking for. So at the end of that tour, when, once we've found out the information, we'll either signpost them. OK, so membership we would give you a program and kind of show you how to use the gym equipment and, and that sort of um, way. Or it might be that actually they need that support with their nutrition. So we would book them in um, with our nutritionist. They may have um, a few niggles. We might book them in for some sports therapy um, or they might have something a little bit more serious that needs to be booked in with a physiotherapist. So I think it's from that point we then kind of signpost them into kind of the relevant channel um yep. as well as personal training you know some people are really open and they'll say um do you know what i don't actually need a gym membership i really need a personal trainer you know i need someone to make me accountable yeah this type of model is my absolute favorite to talk about because good examples in this model can drive just as much if not more revenue from all of those other things than they can from just the basic membership service and so it's a fun conversation, but for you guys, as you move forward, at least, is that more of the focus is, is getting towards some of these, these higher value services, if you will, or are we trying to drive membership as well? So definitely to, uh, more towards kind of the additional services. Um, uh, at the minute, we can't, we're sitting almost at capacity with memberships um which is great it, 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 it's good um you know general kind of gym usage um swimming pool classes usage is, is is up and it's busy which is great um but then it's kind of we've looked at right how can we actually kind of continue to build on um on what we've already got so these additional services that's going to be a really big focus for us um in the yeah. new year uh, and going forward definitely i find that that's a far more common answer recently and, and COVID is probably a lot of the catalyst for this as before so many facilities like this were just how high can we get this membership count how many people can we shove through the doors but it's been an interesting paradigm shift to to where facilities and business owners especially aren't as concerned with that overall number and are more concerned with kind of the higher value clients, the, the more bought in, they want to invest in multiple of these services. And it sounds like that's the direction you guys are going. As a, a sort of running out of time kind of question here, Sigourney, what do you think is going to be the hardest part for you as a business in terms of focusing more on that than just on memberships? 
I think probably getting like kind of members to realize the added value in um in those services I think um sometimes you kind of get gym members that um they need to focus on their health or they have certain kind of goals and and they think just just being a gym member um is enough when actually we've got those really dedicated services with those specialists and it's just kind of showing them that actually that added value yes there's an, there is an additional fee but the the, the service um that you're going to get from that and the help for you know the one-to-one -one, um for, the, for yourself is um yeah is worth it yeah i tend to agree i think that I don't really even like this term, but like culture in a business like this is really slow to change. I think people have built into their mind, oh, this is my gym. I go for the the membership. I pay this every month. Yeah. But almost everybody, I would venture to guess, almost everybody could use at least one of those things. Definitely. Definitely. And so I, I would agree. It's the challenge is in the perception of the value more so than the true value of it. That's a tremendous place to begin to wrap our conversation up, Sigourney, but I want to save a little bit of time for you to be able to tell people where they could learn more about the business. What's the best website to find out about this? What's the best social media? Okay, so uh, yeah, you can find us um, uh, via our website and that's um www.breedandpriorhealthclub.co.uk and then um, on all social media channels um, it is again Breed and Priory Health Club and we're really active on there and there's some great um, great little features. Yeah that's tremendous. Sigourney this has been a bunch of fun. I, I really appreciate business owners when they're willing to kind of give a look behind the scenes into what actually happens running a business like this. I can't thank you enough. I appreciate your willingness to share here. I'm excited to see what the future holds because it sounds like we're still trying to, to push for growth here. We'll have to invite you back in the future, but for today, we're running a bit shy on time. I thank you and I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us, to talk about your business model. Click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.